Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to New Hope this morning. Thank y'all so much for coming. It's so great to see you, and I hope that you've had a wonderful week after Easter. This A lot of kids have been on spring break. I know that we in our house were on spring break, so it's just a nice, relaxing week to follow up a wonderful celebration. Um, I have an, a big announcement. This weekend is our church-wide Spring into Missions weekend. And in your bulletin, there are three options that you can be a part of. We have sign-up sheets out there and at the office. Um, it, we would really appreciate it if you take some time and figure out what you might want to do and sign up today. That way we can get in contact with you this week to tell you what all you need to know. So we have the first option is pancakes for our neighbors. Um, some things you've seen is pancakes for parents. So we're going to be going into this neighborhood and bringing food with us. We're going to cook for them, fellowship with them, minister to their children and to the adults, and set up a breakfast area so they can wake up and not worry about feeding their kids that morning, but just coming out and fellowshipping with us as we minister to them. Um, so if you're interested in doing any part of that, please sign up. We also have construction projects that we're coordinating this week that we'll have more information for you soon. And if you are not able to do one of those, we have, um, we're going to, in the Hope Center, have cards and prayer time set up for these and for the community. So if you could be a part of one of these, that would be great. You might be able to do a prayer walk if you would like to do the prayer ministry um, around our sites or here at church. So please take some time and think about and pray about and discuss what you want to do and sign up today, please. If you would go with me to the Lord in prayer. Almighty Heavenly Father, the creator of our beautiful universe, provider of all things that you've given us, we thank you so much we come to you this morning on Sunday morning to give you this day in worship, in prayer, in learning from the pastor and from your word. We commit this time to you and we, we leave everything else behind, Lord. I pray over this time of worship today and I pray in preparation for this weekend, Lord, that you will prepare the hearts of the people in this church and those that we're going to be going out and ministering to, the people with the construction projects, the people in the neighborhood that don't know what we're about to bring to them, but it's you, Lord. It's your spirit and it's your love. And we pray this week as we prepare them that we also prepare our hearts and our minds and we focus this week on that, on that spiritual readiness, Lord. Time reading your word, time preparing for this ministry opportunity. Lord, I give you this time and I pray that, that when we leave here that we continue to pour our hearts and our time into you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this church family and I pray that you change each of us. That you give us revival in our homes, that as parents and grandparents that, that we feel the need to pray over our children and with them, that we feel the dire need to read scripture with our families daily, that we see the need because the end is near, Lord. When you ascended into heaven, God, you 
told us that you would be back, and we do not know that time or place, but it could be any moment. So, Lord, let us be ready. Let our lights be lit. Let not one day go by that we are not professing who you are to others. I give you this day, and I thank you, Lord, and I love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Are you in pursuit of God? Are you relentlessly seeking after God today in your life? God is good. Amen. Amen. I pray that in your walk with Christ that you experience the goodness of God every day. We ended our second service of uh, of Easter uh, last week and Easter in Earl with a couple of questions. What does the resurrection mean to you? What does the resurrection mean to you and what difference does the resurrection make in your life? What does the resurrection mean to you and what difference does it make in your life? Remember the resurrection story? We we, we, we read one version of it last week, but remember after the, after the resurrection, Mary goes to the tomb. It says that she went to the tomb. She went there to serve her Savior. She went there to minister to Him by anointing His dead body. And, and even though she went to the tomb expecting to see Jesus, Amen. though it be a dead Jesus, He was alive. Amen. And though she went to the tomb expecting to see Jesus, she missed him. She didn't recognize him. And what about the disciples? It says the disciples, when they heard about this, they turned and ran to the tomb. They were in pursuit of Jesus. They were in pursuit of the truth. They wanted to know for sure for themselves what was going on. What about us? What about you? Knowing the tomb is empty, what are we doing with Jesus? What difference is he making in our life? And are we pursuing him daily in our life? Do we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and a heart to receive him? That's the question I want us to talk about this morning. That's the question I want us to ponder in our hearts and to think about and to understand and to answer for ourselves this morning. When we pursue God, are, are we pursuing God? The word pursue means to, to follow after, to follow in order to overtake. Now, of course, there's no way we're going to overtake God, amen? But we can still run after Him. We can still go after Him and, and seek after Him and follow after Him. It means to chase after someone or to chase after something. We've all heard the, uh, the, the, the term used in hot pursuit. You know, the, the police were in hot pursuit of their, of their suspect. Are we in hot pursuit of the goodness of God? You see, when we pursue something, we're, we're seeking it out. We're, we're chasing after it. Some people, you know, there, there are some people that are always looking for a good deal. You know, they're, they're always out trying to find a good deal. We, we know these people are, are, are looking for a deal or looking for a bargain or, or, a, or a, a good deal on something. <clears throat> And when, when we pursue something, there's, a, there's an intentionality with what we're doing. Amen. It doesn't happen by accident. These people that are they're always looking for a, for a deal, always looking for a bargain, what did I say they're always doing? They're always looking. They're intentional. They have their eyes open. They have their eyes ready and, and looking for those opportunities to find the deals. 
How many times have we said, oh, he always finds a deal or she always gets a deal. She can always find what you're looking for. You know, two people, Sandy Melton and Robert Simpson, those are, those are two of the people that kind of come to mind right now, okay? But we have to be in, intentional. And that's because, you know, they, they always find their deal. They always find what they're looking for because they are looking for it. They're intentional in their efforts. They go out of their way to, to find what they're looking for. They take their time Amen. to look for it. They're in pursuit of what they want or what they want to find. We might be just as lucky. We might be just, you know, get as good a deal as anybody else if we have the eyes looking for and hearing for the information that leads to the good deals. Amen. There are other times, of course, that we that we go out of our way to do something and, and make time to do something and it just doesn't work out, does it? You know, it's it, it just not as good as we expected. We might wind up saying, well, last time I'll never get back. <laughs> you know, I, I should have never wasted my time on that. Maybe it was a movie or a meeting or a ball game or, or an event of some sort. Because we all know that that, that the time is, is precious and so we want to spend it on on the good things and on the right things and, and pursuing the things that bring us life. <clears throat> pursuing the things that, that bring life to others. Easter and Earl was a, was a fabulous week last week and we, uh, two weeks ago yesterday, today, I'm sorry, two weeks ago today we had a, you know, the, the Easter and Earl, the family fun day out on the ball field and had you know, bunches of people there, tons of folks there. And a bunch of kids there. And what was the draw? The candy, the, the games, the, the bounce houses. But we have 5,000 eggs, Easter eggs, for them to hunt for. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of hunting for. They just had to go out there and pretty much pick them up. But, and so they, they were in, you know, when we said go, man, it was on. That's all they were, they were looking for. They were in, in hot pursuit of all the, the eggs they, they could find. They were... They were laser focused. You know, you couldn't couldn't get in their way. Nothing else was on their minds but finding the, the colorful eggs that they were hunting for. And it was a race to see who could find the most eggs. And everybody came back with a basket full of eggs. Everybody found what they were looking for because they were intentional, because they were focused, because they had intentionality of what they were looking for. I wonder... I wonder if we are laser focused on God. You see, the Bible tells us not just to avoid sin, but to pursue what is good and to seek the things that God desires. Are we seeking those things in our life? I'm going to pull up a bunch. We're not going to be in one passage today. We're going to be all over, okay? So you might want to write these passages down if you want to come back and refer to them later. Um, but the first one is Matthew 7, 7. Familiar to, to a lot of you. Ask and it will be given to you. What's the next word? Seek. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
God says if you look for Him, you will find Him. If we're intentional about Him, we will find Him. And so the idea of, of seeking would be to abandon everything else, so to speak, in life, to find God's kingdom and to find God's righteousness. That, that, that seeking after God is top priority in our life. It, it's above anything else going on in our life. Yes, we have a family, we have a job, and we have uh, duties and chores and things like that. But above all, the number one thing is to seeking after God, His kingdom and His righteousness. Above all else. In Matthew 6, 32 and 33, he says, But seek, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And if you do, what's it say? All these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. And that we'll all say amen to that, won't we? Seeking the things above in Colossians chapter 3. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on. Set the desires of your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In Galatians chapter 2 seeking justification. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ. We Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Does not mean that Christ promotes sin. Absolutely not. Acts 12, 19. And Herod had a thorough search made for him. Made, uh, had a thorough search for Peter. And did not find him. Herod had a thorough search for him. You know, there might be a, uh, we used to live on the other side of town in, in, in Gaffney, and, and they would use the, the area around us. They would train to, to find, uh, uh, the, the police would come out there and do, do search drills, okay? And they would hide people out. And, and, and so they would use that dozens of acres of land there to train the dogs and train the deputies on how to find people. And so they would go through that land and, and thoroughly search for, look for, seek out the person they were, they were looking for. You hear it on the news all the time, don't we, today? Oh, there's a manhunt in so-and-so. And that means, the, the, of course, the police, they're out there, all, there's all hands on deck. They're all looking for this one person. And they've got everybody out, got all the corners covered looking the roads, the highways, everywhere along the way, trying to find this one person. Are, are we about that? Are we all hands on deck in our life trying to find God's will, God's righteousness, and God's kingdom in our life? He says, Herod made a thorough search for him and did not find him. He cross-examined the guard and ordered him that they be executed. He ordered them to be executed because they couldn't find him. Are we thoroughly searching for God? Or do we just show up on Sunday morning and, and say, okay, I caught a glimpse of him today. Or, wow, I really experienced God today. 
Well, man, that was a waste of time. You see, your answer, our answer on that depends on our heart. What our heart's desire is, what our, our heart's focus is, what our heart's attention is. Are we coming in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, in our prayer time, in our devotion time? Are we approaching that time to know God, to find God, to experience God? In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, it talks about the Old Testament saints. And they were, they were seeking out a heavenly country. And it says all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country that they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country. They were longing for, they were wanting for, they were desiring for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And then going on down in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 14, the Christians are, are, are seeking an eternal home, an eternal city. And it says in verse 14, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. The new Jerusalem, the one that's, that God's going to bring, Christ is going to bring with him. And so seeking means to, to, to look for and to desire. We, we find the story in, in Matthew chapter 13, where the seeking for the, for the great goal of life. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field when a man found it. When a man found it, that implies he was looking for it. He had put effort into finding it. It says that he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like the merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You see, when he found the greatest of all, he gave his life. He gave everything about him over to it so that he could, so that he could acquire it, so that he could have it. Are we giving everything in our life over to God so that we can have as much of him as we can? None of us like to waste our time, do we? None of us like to waste our time and... and, and in our life with God, it, it should be the same, that we don't waste our time playing church, playing the Christian, but actually being the church and being the Christian. Folks, let me assure you, any time we spend earnestly pursuing the face of Christ is time well spent. You'll never walk away from that time saying that was time I, I, I'll never get back. That will be time well invested. Tim Kiziar in the book Crazy Love said, Our greatest fear should not be a failure. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but succeeding at things in life 
They don't really matter. Succeeding in life for the things that don't really matter. Are we pursuing those things in our life that really in the grand scheme of things in the, in the kingdom of God really doesn't amount to anything? You see, life is about knowing and, and experiencing God and, and reflecting His goodness and, and His will to the world and to the people around us so that they will know the goodness of God. Remember last week I said the difference between heaven and hell is about 18 inches? The knowledge of God versus the knowing God? In Dallas Willard's where this comes from, it says there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have an energy to serve Him. You have a boldness to share Him and a contentment in Him. Once we become aware that the main business we're, we're here is to know God, most of life's concerns and problems falls into place. Again, when we get God in the right order in life, when we understand that that's why we're here, it's to know God and to be in relationship with Him and to worship Him, everything else begins to fall into place. But what happens when we're chasing the things that aren't real? Chasing the things that aren't of God? Chasing the things of, of this world? It's like being lost in a, in a desert out west or something. You're hot and thirsty. You need help and, and nobody's around. You're walking through the sand dunes and, and you see something there in the distance. And, and it's a pool of water and, and vegetation all around it. And so you see it and you change your direction and you start going after it only to realize it's only a mirage. It's only something that, you, that your mind played a trick on you. And that disappointment and frustration sinks in. And when we know that what we're seeing, what we're experiencing isn't real, it's not what God wants us to see, what God wants us to do. And oftentimes in, in our life, Satan uses the lures of the world, the enticements of sin to, to, to capture us and to bring us along and to, to move us away from the presence of God and into His control. And sometimes it takes other people, it takes family members, it takes friends, and it takes God bringing down the hammer on us to say, this is not right. Move from where you are and come back to God. The life you're living is not right. The road you're on is the wrong road. The path you're on, you're going to stumble and fall. Come back to Christ. Come back to me, he would say. And when you hear that in your, in your ear, Satan will be in the other ear saying, I got something even better for you. Keep coming to me. Keep coming back. And it'll always lead to death and destruction. You see, the Bible teaches us to, to pursue and to seek God and to seek His will. Jesus said, but first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then it goes on to say in the next chapter, if we seek, we will find. 
So he tells us to go and do, and he says, if you do this, this is a promise to you. Here's what I want you to do, and here's a promise that will take place if you follow after me. If you will seek me, you will find me. The Apostle Paul admonishes the Thessalonian church in Thess- Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13. And he says, be at peace among yourselves. Again, he's ta- talking to the church here. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and to everyone. Be it your desire to do good to everyone. You see, when we when we seek God, when we seek His His goodness, when we seek His kingdom, we will reflect His goodness to the world. And when we pursue God, when we seek after God, we're going to find His the, the qualities of God and we discover His character and virtues and then we implement them into our life. And so when we seek and pursue God, we find His goodness and as we discover the virtues we make it a part of who we are. So the people of the world will see that in our life. The things like goodness and love and hospitality and maturity and, and peace of fellowship, righteousness, grace and mercy, forgiveness. Uh, the list goes on and on. We couldn't name all the good virtues of God, could we? But as we understand Him more, He will reveal them more and more to us. And so as we ask ourselves this morning, how are we seeking after goodness? You see, knowing who God is helps us to know what good is. Again, referring back to 1 Thessalonians, Paul encourages those who are discouraged. He says, help those who can't help themselves. Have patience. Don't seek vengeance. Praise the good that you see around you. Again, when we pursue God, when we're seeking and desiring to put the characters of God into into our life, God's going to reveal them to us. He's going to show them to us. In Psalm 46.10, He says, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know Him. Be still and find Him. So what does a resurrection mean? It means salvation is possible. For anyone and everyone who would choose Jesus Christ as their Savior. What does the resurrection mean to you? What does it mean to me? To us? Are we in hot pursuit of God this morning? Are we seeking after Him? What are the desires of our heart? Is it God? 
Is it the goodness of God? Is it the kingdom of God? And the righteousness of God? What are we pursuing? Are we intentionally pursuing God in order to make His love and His goodness known to the people around us, and to the people outside the doors, to the people of the world that needs the love and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? What are you pursuing? Our hymn of invitation this morning is just as I am, and that's the way God wants us to come to Him. We can never get it right before we get to God because only God can make us right. He is the one that we celebrate Easter with. And we celebrate Easter because He was a perfect man who lived a perfect life, who died a perfect death, who died the death for us and died in our place. And God loved us so much that He raised Him from the dead to tell us that we too can be, have a resurrected eternal life. If we put our trust in Him, if we live for Him, if we pursue Him, are we pursuing Him with all of our hearts? Are we laser focused? Are we in hot pursuit? Are we chasing after Him, relentlessly seeking Him with all of our heart? You see, that ultimately is what God wants from us. If that's not where you are today, I want us to take this time of invitation that, you know, to, to, to pray in your seats, to come to the altar and pray. Whatever it is, however God leads you to, to respond to Him this morning. Amen. That you would respond to Him with all of your heart, whatever that might be. Let's pray together. Lord, first and foremost, we seek forgiveness. Because if the truth be known, we are not pursuing you with all of our hearts. We're not pursuing you the way you want us to, with the passion that you want us to. So, Father, Today you invite us just to come wherever we are on that spectrum in our pursuit for you. And when we come and we surrender and when we give ourselves over to you, you will indeed answer our prayer for a burden to know you, for a burden to pursue you and to make you known. And so, Father, as we come to you this morning, as we respond to you in all of, our, all of our ugliness, all of our evil and wickedness and sinfulness, God, your word promises to take us just as we are. And because of that, we come today to your throne seeking forgiveness. and seeking and desiring and pursuing your will in our life. And so, Father, as we come, receive us, receive our prayer, receive our hearts. Change our hearts, God.
to be more like you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.